Hey everyone, you're listening to Fernie Unfiltered, where we dive into topics that enlighten, inform, and entertain the soul. My name is Fernando. I am your resident psychic medium and spiritual teacher. And we are finishing up a conversation that we started a few weeks back with my good friend Kendall. And the topic of our podcast back then was um, how your beliefs and your your connection to your religion or to your faith um, doesn't always come through. And you sometimes have to go through some really tragic and difficult experiences to be able to understand that maybe the path you've taken or what you are believing or thinking about um, isn't really the best path for you. So um, without further ado, here's Kendall. Hello. Hey there. How are you? I am good. I am staying in lockdown. <laughs> the, yes. last, the, the last time we talked, we were still in lockdown. And I think now I think most of Texas, because you're in Texas, I'm in New Mexico, but most of Texas is like vacation and party down. So yeah, everyone's kind of out and about. Um, you know, I, I got out yesterday for the first time um, to do a, uh, I had a, a meeting and that was all social distance and everything. But it was the first time that I actually put on clothes that was not like gym clothes you know Mm. and since march so it was it was nice to do that but driving around the streets to get to the meeting it was definitely like you could tell everyone was just business as usual and Mm -hmm. i think you know seeing seeing a lot of people gathering on the media right now um like it just it kind of i don't know i feel like everyone's like okay yeah coronavirus is so last season so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I had a client that I talked to last week and she was like, you know, are the beds going to continue to fill up? You know, cause she works in the hospital and I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, we're like our, our, you know, before when we were in lockdown, you know, people were expecting a lot of people to be hospitalized and that didn't happen. And now that everyone's just kind of like, it's whatever. Um, she said that there are beds filling up on floors that haven't had any patients at all. And so she says she's noticing that the numbers are definitely going up from her direct experience. So I was like, well, that sounds a lot like what I'm hearing on the news as well. She's like, yeah, she's like, people are not enough. They're not talking enough about it. Um, Then this is, this was last week before they were really like diving into it on the news. Now I think they're starting to bring it back up again. Um, And it's, it's, I'm very mixed with it because I think the fact that people were out and about and not wearing masks and not prepared to deal with the fact that this is still a reality. Um, that's just so irritating. And, and it just, uh, it makes me angry because I'm like, you're putting other people at risk because you just don't want to take, you don't want to consider the possibility that you're wrong. And so, and not only that, but you have mixed messaging from leadership and different uh, political figures and different local figures that it, it throws people into this confusion. I was talking to my sister yesterday and i was like hey are you wearing your mask she's like no nobody's wearing their mask it's perfectly okay and i'm just like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> like give me a break like wear a goddamn mask wait till there's like a, a all clear before you decide oh yeah like this is nothing like i don't care if you believe this is 4g or whatever like wear a damn mask i don't want you to get sick right, um right. and and with the protesters they it, it's as much as i don't want them out there 
being close to each other, having that much close proximity and all that's going down. I understand the cause and I do think that the cause um, is is warranted and is justified. And at least they're wearing masks. You know, it's one thing to be out there protesting with no masks at all and acting like a complete fool. It's another thing when you're going to do it, but you're going to wear a mask. And I'm, I'm happy to see that at least because I know that that does help. And uh, the studies have shown based off of the different um, articles that I've seen over the past few months that people, there was actually this one that I want to kind of d- d- focus on which was this uh this uh peep these people in, in china they were in a bus and there was one person that was sick and they had the virus a confirmed case in the bus they were at the front of the bus and there were people sitting right next to them and then there were people at the very back of the bus also the people sitting right next to them had masks and did not contract the virus the people at the back of the bus did not have masks they got the virus. So that just goes to show how powerful and how useful the mask can come in. It's not 100% fail-proof, but there's a high likelihood you will not get something just by wearing masks. Now, obviously, you need to wash your hands. You need to make sure you're not you know, touching other people who are sick or ill because you know that stuff can get on you as well. But it, it's all through that breathing out that stuff and then breathing it in. And I think if you have a mask and you have it and you're not breathing it out or it's getting caught through the mask and then someone is breathing in air through a mask that I, in my opinion, reduces the likelihood that you're going to get something. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, what you said earlier to seeing people, you know, we've all seen photos, um, on the media of protests and things like that. And there are, you know, I, I've seen photos of crowds that are 20, 40, 60,000 people, mm. and only a few of them have masks on. Mm. And, um, you know, so I think that that also sends a message to a lot of people that like, oh, like people are gathering without it, and it's fine. So, um, you know, and even if they're not thinking that there's some kind of like subconscious, um, like affirmation that it's okay, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. All I know is that I'll just stay in my house and uh, watch it unfold. And hopefully everyone stays as safe as possible. Yeah. I'm, I'm not planning on going out at all. I mean, I, like I already canceled Christmas. I already canceled Thanksgiving. <laughs> I already canceled any trips that I was making this year. Uh, and I don't plan on going out at all, but I do have to go to the doctor tomorrow because it's, it's an, it's a must that I have to go. So I'm like, Oh my God, I don't even want to go. And I had to call and had, had the nurses like, don't worry. Like, this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. I'm like, well, that's not a hundred percent, but I will, you know, I have to, I know I have to go. So like, whatever. So I'm going, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. So the last time we got together and we did an episode, we talked, it was the first episode, it was the first part of a two part um, episode. And the first one was talking about you going through the experience of losing your mom and trying to help her as best you could. But you also were very, very strongly attached to your, to your Christian uh, belief system at that time where you felt like it was the only thing that could cure her to fix the problem or to help her to recover from her cancer diagnosis and from from her ultimately passing away from the disease and after that i'm sure you know you did get to a point where you just realized that the belief system had failed you or that your beliefs had failed you and i think for some people, they may hear that and they may say, well, you know, you, you didn't do enough to, to affirm your beliefs or you really weren't a true believer because you, um, 
you, your mom, you know, she still passed. So you weren't a true believer. God didn't help you because you weren't a true believer or this or that. Um, and, and, and if you listen to the first episode, y'all, y'all will hear how in depth and how hardcore he was definitely pushing his belief system. So after that happened, what, what was that like? Um, it was uh, the best way that I can explain it was just like, a. It felt like an abandonment, and there was a, it was just a, a disconnection, right? So, like, um, you know, it was literally just, it was, it almost felt like evidence that, that what I had believed prior was just wrong. Mm. And so that was ultimately, it was like, okay, well, that doesn't work. And it made me sort of, re-examine my thoughts and my beliefs in terms of like, well, what is God's actual function? Does prayer mm-hmm. even matter? I mean, I had, I had all of these questions and, um, and so I was left with, you know, in my mind, it was evidence that the belief system that I had before was wrong. So, I mean, that's ultimately what it comes down to because, it, you know, there is the, you know, you just mentioned it, the argument of like, well, you didn't believe hard enough and you didn't believe this. The belief system that I belong to, mainstream Christianity, you know, had nothing to do with, um, you know, only true believers get this or only certain people are healed. You know, I was taught that, um, you know, Jesus died for everyone. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, um, you know, you can move mountains. So it didn't matter, you know, even, even, um, you know, really revered biblical figures had doubts at some time. So it didn't mm-hmm. matter if you, you know, were a zealot believer or you just believed that it could happen for you. Mm-hmm. Um, that well, even, even Jesus had doubts. I mean, that's why he went out to the desert and was like, you know, what the hell do I do? Right. So you, I mean, you hear people talk about, you know, well, X didn't happen for you because, you know, there was some doubt and that, you know, you unplanted seeds of faith. Well, you know, I think that that's a very human trait to have doubt. Um, Mm. I think that you can talk yourself into saying that you don't have doubt, but the very thought of talking yourself into anything is an act of doubt, you know? So, um, the 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 faith system that I believe to or that I belong to didn't believe that you know oh if you have any doubt whatsoever um, you know you weren't going to receive whatever you're believing for um, mm. you know I mean there are even biblical scriptures that say, you know that God will go before you make your crooked places straight you don't have you know all you need to do is stand still and God will fight your battles that kind of stuff so. Mm. Um, you know, there is a whole spectrum, you know, of, of belief and how do you do it the right way. And I completely fell into the trap, um, early on in my, my journey of, you know, buying every book that I could to figure out, well, what is the right way to pray? You know, if Mm. there, like, there's this whole spectrum of, you don't have to do anything and God knows exactly what, what you need and he'll go before you and make it happen because you're a child of God and he wants to do that for you. To, you know, if you have any doubt whatsoever, you're undigging um, or you're digging up your seeds of faith and everything in between. So I wanted to make sure, how do you 
do it the right way? How do you pray the right way? And, um, you know, of course, because what was at stake was so large, it was like, well, I'm just going to err on the side of caution and make sure that I don't have any doubt. And I don't, um, you know, there, there is no room for error in that kind of situation. So I, you know, worked as hard as I could to, to believe and affirm and believe and affirm constantly. And, um, you know, there is a whole school of thought about prayer that, you know, you don't continue asking God for something. Once you ask God for something, then you receive it and you just start thanking him until you see it come to pass. Mm. Uh, and so that was, that was something that I did daily. I mean, I was in constant Thanksgiving for what I was expecting to see manifest and it just didn't happen. So it left me with a lot of questions. Do you, do you feel that, because, you know, when I hear you speak about this and you discuss like the different emotional degrees of, it's almost like degrees of separation from that belief system to, you know, your current belief system. Do you feel like some, like, especially with what's going on right now, because it's very, very um, on point and on target with what's happening in the world today, where you've got people who believe that one race is better or that, you know, being white or having a white America or having a, a, you know, just focusing on the part of America or part of our country or part of our society that is quote unquote worthy to be acknowledged or to just be the prominent race in charge. Do you think that some of those beliefs or some of the, the, the mindset around what you were struggling with, with trying to hold as much as possible to that Christian belief system, the traditional Christian belief system, do you feel like there's some overlap there with how people who are coming from a race racist mindset hold to their beliefs without even questioning or wondering if what they are doing is going to even help or bring about what they're expecting to come about from that? Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting question. Um, you know, I do a lot of work with, uh, with my clients around identity, around mindset. I think that that is absolutely fascinating. Um, it's an, it's a fascinating area of study. Um, my belief since we're talking about beliefs, but I kind of belong to the camp that, um, that identity is a very, it's a very personal thing and Mm -hmm. it requires a lot of inner work and a lot of, um, a lot of self study, a lot of, um, you know, like inward sort of looking. Um, and that can be super, uh, uncomfortable. It can be super, um, it's a, it can be a difficult place to be in because when you start realizing that identity is so personal mm-hmm. and there is no safety net, when you can't point the finger and say, well, I am the way I am because of external factors, then it holds you accountable and it holds yourself accountable. So, and a lot of people are uncomfortable with being accountable. So, you know, coming back to your question, I think that belief systems, whether they are religious, whether they are political, um, I think that people flock to those kinds of things because it's a system. It's a it's mm. an external system that that sort of facilitates your beliefs. That way, um, you don't have to. You know, it's kind of like a you're getting the answers to the test. 
Like mm. you, like if I believe X, Y, Z, just like this whole other group of people, then those people are probably, those could, those potential, those people could potentially be right. And then I could be right with them because I believe X, Y, Z. And so my, my, um, you know, my journey has kind of taught me and I've always been an independent free thinker. Um, anytime there's an issue, anytime there's something that I'm interested in, I will explore everything that people have to say about it and then take all of that information and chew on it and figure out exactly, well, what does that mean to me and how does that fit in to the way that I feel and, and my value system. So I, um, you know, I believe well, that there is a. Well, well, I have a question around that yeah. before before you get yeah. So you you say that you you examine all sides of it and you see all sides of it. And when you were going through the process of like when you were practicing that that Christian faith, that's a very one sided way of seeing life. I mean, it's it's kind of like it's very black and white in in the in the religious sense because you you know we approach. Life, if you're a Christian, you approach it from a very unique perspective. And anything outside of that, there's just no room for it. Did you have the the, the mindset or did you have the capacity to examine like all sides of things at when you were in that place mentally? Or is that something that's kind of evolved over time with your experiences? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I just want to make it really clear where I landed from a Christian standpoint and what my belief system was it was not the result of growing up in a, a household that was that looked this particular way with a belief system. You know, in the last episode, I mentioned that I was born and raised Catholic, but that even evolved over time. So that the mainstream Christian idea, it wasn't something that I saw on TV and was like, oh, all of that sounds good. I'm going to sign up for that. It was literally, you know, I because I was kind of converting from Catholicism, I had the, you know, I had taken different steps from a research standpoint, and, um, you know, found my way to this Christianity thing, and, um, you know, said, okay, well, there are so many different um, different belief system systems that believe in the same principle that that this point in Christianity sort of addresses. So, you know, there are so many different, um, I would call them common denominators that exist between Christians and um, those who follow Islam and those who are Buddhist. I mean, there are lots of overlapping ideas. So I took those to be sort of universal truths. I think where, where I um, have sort of evolved from a relief, a religious or, or spiritual standpoint is that there were some things that again, um, just didn't work. And mm. then I took that and, and lay them on over my own life and said, okay, well I have anecdotal evidence that that just doesn't work for me. Not saying mm. that a whole group of people are wrong because they have their, you know, they have their, um, you know, right to believe whatever they want to believe, but it's almost like, now I kind of look at it like cosmic shoe shopping or something. You try on as many different things until you start realizing, oh, I kind of like this pattern. This pattern feels good to me of this type type of shoe or this style. 
And then you have to try it on to find what's the perfect fit for you. So I think it's a very individual thing, not knocking mm. any type of <clears throat> major, you know, whole uh, group mass belief system. But even within that, I've always been an extremely um, individual thinker. So like, yes, I did subscribe to a particular brand or style of Christianity, but that wasn't, it wasn't imposed on me. I wasn't born into it. It's something that I evolved into and continue to evolve, to evolve out of. When I was discovering like who I was, I think the reason why I even went down this road of being spiritually um, focused or centered was because of my sexuality. Because I grew up as as you did in the Catholic faith, and um, in the Catholic in the, in the Hispanic Catholic um, world, you know, there's things you just don't talk about, like oh, you don't talk about this, you don't talk about that, and you know, you always talk about stuff behind, you know, like behind closed doors, or you gossip. You still gossip. Go, oh, my God, Catholics are like the worst gossipers ever. Um, and so, I grew up in that mindset, and when I began to realize that I was a gay man. That wasn't easy for me to accept. I mean, it literally took me hours of staring at a ceiling trying to understand and realize the ramifications of accepting that deviant lifestyle. But it felt right. It felt natural. And I had to go back and forth in my head because I didn't want to disappoint anyone. I didn't want anyone to hate me. I didn't want the people in my family who wanted me to go on and get married, have children, have a wife, etc. Because they were like, you were such a good kid, Fernie. You're such a good kid. You know, you're going to make someone very, you're going to make a woman very happy one day and be a great husband and and father, etc. Like, I didn't want to disappoint anyone. I wanted to be everything that everybody wanted me to be because I wanted to make them happy. And at the same time, I thought that it would make me happy as well. So when I realize that I could potentially derail that, which I was ignorant back then. I didn't realize you can still have those things and be gay, but I didn't, you know, it wasn't something you saw on TV. You didn't see guys having children and adopting children, et cetera. You didn't see that. So I, for me, accepting my sexuality meant giving up the life that I also had in some ways had dreamed about having myself. And, um, once I accepted it, it, came down to me sharing that with people who meant the most to me in my life. And I remember um, reading and uh, actually saw it on Montel. It was Sylvia Brown. She was on Montel show and she was talking about different things that um, were in her book, uh, The Other Side and Back, A Psychic Sky to Our World and Beyond. And she went into a lot of spiritual content, but I connected so much with what she was saying because it felt like when you hear something, sometimes when you hear it, there's just like this ringing of truth that you feel inside of you and just like, oh my God, that is true. Like, you don't know how it is. You don't know what exactly is true about it. You just know there's something there that feels substantial. And I bought the book. I saved up my money. I bought the book. Um, I read it. And the part about being gay, you know, what she says is that, you know, we come into life either choosing to have this type of perspective and type of life to experience it for our soul's perfection, or we are simply a predominantly feminine or masculine energy that comes into a body that does not reflect it. And once we're in it, we have to decide like, are we going to stick with this physical reflection of what we are? Or are we going to, you know, we're going to live differently. And so there's these variations there, which is what I think, you know, it comes down to people who are trans and people who are lesbian and people who are gay, like they are kind of finding their own, um, 
the variation of that, the spectrum that they feel confident or comfortable with. And I, I had to do that with myself. And once I claimed it and I owned it, it meant it felt good to me. And I took that and I, I remember asking a cousin of mine and I said, Hey, you know, I read this book. I'd already come out to her, but I said, and she thought I was just like, Oh, you're just experimenting. You know, you're, you're just confused, you know? Um, but I remember mentioning it to her that I, this is what this book said. And she says, well, you're just, you're just hearing what you want to hear. You're just, you know, you're just reading what you want to read. You're just hearing what you want to hear. You know, the Bible is very clear on, on the topic. And it broke my heart because this is someone that I looked up to. And for me to hear that from someone that I looked up to, it just felt like, you know, I wasn't even accepted by the people who I was supposed to feel safe with. So after that, I kind of just said, you know what, God, I'm sick of following the rules. I'm sick of kind of going down the path that is never going to, I'm never going to be right. I'm never going to be good or a good person or right if I follow this path. So I want you to show me the path. Like you show me what I'm supposed to do and wh- which direction I'm supposed to go in. And it was that book that kind of triggered that for me. Did you have a moment like that, that you were like, after all this was said and done, your, your mom had passed and you were kind of like, well, this didn't work or this isn't the way for me. Did you have a moment where you felt or experienced that? And was there like a resource or something that kind of pulled you in another direction? Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I think that what you just, uh, you know, what you just explained, what you just shared that experience, I think that on a sort of on a global level, like a a larger snapshot of that, you're, you just experienced and and explained a process that I think any, um, like free thinker who really digs into, you know, matters of identity, belief, um, you know, that kind of thing, I think experiences. And that's the whole idea of, okay, you have a belief system, Mm. you know, or you have a belief, even if it's not a full fleshed out system, you have a belief and then you basically see how it um, conflicts with your actual experience. And so that actual experience of you feeling like, no, you know, I feel like, being like this part of me of who I am, that's not wrong. So what does that say about the belief system? And if you can, if you can actually, um, you know, have the faith enough to say, okay, well, let me suspend that idea for a minute and just go with how I'm feeling, where will that take me? You know, and, and I think that that is, that's the arc of belief in general. I think, you know, you have a belief system, it's tested in the world and then the world just kind of shaves away the bits and pieces that aren't authentic to you that don't feel Mm -hmm. right. I think that we get it. We get in a lot of trouble whenever we um, stay stuck in something that, that we don't truly believe in. We believe in more the principle than we actually believe in the actual thing itself. Mm-hmm. So like, that's why there are people who are, um, you know, they're practicing belief systems that, that don't feel good to them and um, they're stuck. It's not working for them, but because they want to belong to something greater because they're, or maybe because they want to belong to a group of people that believe X, Y, Z, that they just kind of, walk around in those ill-fitting shoes that is that belief system. But, you know, I think to answer your question about, uh, you know, the resource, I kind of, you know, I, I think that 
that my experience with mom getting sick and her passing and everything, I think that finally broke the, um, the desire that I had to fit into something as far as, as far as like religious belief systems go, like spirituality. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I've, like I, like I mentioned many times already, I, I really value freedom of thought and freedom of expression and, and freedom to have my own individual, um, beliefs. So in almost every other area of my life, I didn't belong to a particular group of people that believed X, Y, Z. But I think that this, this experience, um, kind of made me say, okay, you know what the, the belonging or fitting in a box felt comfortable. It was, it felt very safe because, you know, I could go to church and be around, a you know, 3000 other people that believed this. Um, but that's when it really just kind of took me out of that and said, okay, it's kind of like I saw the matrix for the first time. It was like, okay, let me just, just find what actually resonates as truth. And not only that, but what have I seen at work in my own life? Mm-hmm. And so there really wasn't one resource because I continued to, you know, Sylvia Brown's literature certainly, um, certainly kind of helped me to see the matrix. You know, um, I think that, you know, there are still many different texts that I pull from, yeah, I still believe that there's a lot of validity with the Bible. I think that there's a lot of validity in other religious texts in the Quran. Um, but as far as, um, you know, subscribing to something blindly, that's something that I don't do anymore. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that answers well, I, your question. It does because, <clears throat> I mean, it, 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 in, in essence, you're, what you're saying is that I – don't want to give my power over to one source because I don't want to take the risk of making that mistake again. So I'm not going to centralize my belief system on one particular path. Instead, I'm just going to pay attention, see everything for what it is, and try to understand if it's something viable and if it's something that I can actually connect with and can use. Is that what right. you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And I- <laughs> The other thing that I want to really make a a strong point about is that a lot of it, you know, I think when you're trying on beliefs and you're, you're developing that and you're evolving your belief system, a lot of people feel like, you know, it's this belief either works or it doesn't work. And if it doesn't, you throw it out. Something that, that I really have recognized in my evolution is the fact that a lot of it is just reframing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- there were things that I realized that I was actually misinterpreting in biblical text. It wasn't that mm. that was wrong. It was just that you put it in a different context and it can be completely different. So it's not that I say, you know, um, you know, it's not that just because I don't subscribe to particular beliefs that made up my belief system before, it doesn't mean that I'm throwing Jesus out altogether. It just right. means that, you know, um, you know, the, one of the best examples that I can use is, you know, there's biblical text that says that uh, Jesus taught about the same power that raised him from the dead is on the inside of everyone. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, that can mean a multitude of things, but the, the parallel that I've drawn uh, from that piece of information compared to a lot of things that I've learned since then and over time has been the universal truth that we are all connected. We are all connected to source, that we are all part of that. So the fact that, that you know, he was saying in a way that divinity lives on the inside of us and another belief system might say we're all divine. That's all the same way of saying the same thing. It's just a different way of saying the same thing. So I think that that's really important. A, a, an important distinction is the fact that a lot of it is really just reframing. You know, um, it's sort of like an optical illusion in, in many ways. We've all seen optical illusions where you look at them from one angle and it looks like one thing and you look at it from a different angle and it's some, something completely different. But it's the same thing. Right. So um, that's what a lot of my evolution looked like, honestly. Not that I was like, oh, this, this, this week I'm going to be, you know, um, you know, I'm only going to follow, I'm going to do this sect of cult, you know, being Kabbalah or, or I'm only going to, you know, pray in this way or I'm only going to, like this week I'm going to, you know, be a Southern Baptist. It's really not like that. It's, it's, for me, my, my whole spiritual journey has been, you know, I have been just looking at things from as many different perspectives as possible before I realize or before I decide that's for me or that's not for me. So it doesn't have to be these major shifts. You know, I didn't wake up one day and say, um, okay, I have to throw all of this away. It was literally... I need to look at this from a different perspective. So that being said, you know, a really good way, a, a demonstration of that is as a result of this huge loss with my mom, I didn't wake up and say, well, I don't believe God exists anymore. Mm. My response was, I think that, that God's function and our relationship with God is different than I thought it was. Mm. I, when, when I began to, well, you know, after my awakening, I call it my first awakening, I wanted to form a better relationship with God. And so for me, the, the only option was, let me just throw this out because it's not working. I can't figure this out. It's almost like I'm in a lemon and I'm driving down the street and it keeps breaking down and it's not getting me anywhere. It's like, I'm better off just walking and listening, watching the signs. It might take me longer to get there and I may be making the biggest mistake of my life, but I would rather just walk for a while. And then, um, and, the, and, and instead of continuing to try to use, you know, a model or tools that just don't seem to be working or helping me at all. And I think when I did that, put into motion so many different things that I did not even anticipate or expect to come about um, from it. Um, and I think what was so significant for me in all of that is that it, I kind of bought into a new belief system. And, you know, for me, the idea of spirituality was like a new belief, belief system. It was almost like a new religion. And I bought into this new belief system where, you know, like crystals cure cancer and like this and that. Like I went into like the extreme where I was buying into ideas and philosophies that are pretty mainstream within the spiritual community. And for me, it felt like almost like 
yes, like this, this has to be the way because that other way wasn't right. But there was sprinklings of truth within the new system or the new belief system that made more sense to me. So I embraced the new system. Um, but then I realized that for me, it was like Christianity was like, Christianity was like one operating system. Let's say it's like windows and the the spiritual spiritual mindset of the spirituality path was like apple and i feel like the path that you took was you went down the android path because you're like no i still want a customization ability but i'm not going to just take it all <laughs> let, let it be completely done for me you know and i wanted it to be completely done for me and you know with windows it just you know it kept messing up you know Which shit so, many down do. or, so many yeah. people do want that you know like i'm going to buy a system but, mm-hmm. you know, I have to say that I, that this whole experience has really taken me out of the idea of, of a system. I don't even like to use the word belief system anymore because mm-hmm. like the way, I, the way I, like the, the analogy that keeps coming to my mind is like, if you ever watch storage wars and they buy like these whole storage units at a time and they have, they might have like four or five things in there that's worth something, you know, I believe like to me, that's the way I look at actual systems that you that you buy versus i'm going to i'm going to curate a belief a collection of beliefs one piece by piece that you know like you just mentioned there are sprinklings of truth in this well what if you just took only the pieces of truth and you assembled your own collection versus i'm just going to buy this system does that make sense right well yeah well no this is my work like this is this is the reason why I'm here. This is the reason why I am pushing so hard in the direction of, because people think, oh, you're psychic, you're medium, that's your work. I'm like, no, that's something that I'm really great at. But, it, you know, I like I, as a child, yeah, that maybe I wanted to be a professional psychic medium and be, and be a damn good one, just like, you know, Zibber Brown and John Edwards and so forth. But it isn't the cul- culmination of everything that I, I, I want to do. Like my life's purpose, like the reason why I am here is to get people to think for themselves and to form a personal one-on-one relationship with the divine, with source, with their higher selves, with God, without needing somebody else to tell them what they should believe in or how they should connect. Like, it's not for me to tell you how, how you should have a relationship with the creator. It's for you to decide how comfortable are you with the relationship and what you want to work on and what you don't want to work on. But I think everybody has the ability to have a very unified relationship with source and not everyone will want to subscribe to the same ideas or the same philosophy. And I get that. And I think that's that's the, the culmination of my work and why I do what I do, because I want to give people the choice. And I think we as civilization for thousands of years haven't really had a choice. Like we're pretty much forced into beliefs or we, we, we pull, we, we reach for anything that fits because we've been completely disappointed by the belief system that we've been born into or, or force fed. And so I, it's like, you can have a choice. And I think that that's like the biggest point of why I do what I do. So I think what you're talking about is exactly what would probably make the world a better place. I think that's probably why people are out protesting as well, because even though 
some people only understand it as a Black Lives Matter um, focus and emphasis, which it has to be that because people have to come together to raise awareness and to cause change. There's a bigger thing at play there. There's something underneath the surface. And I think people are tired of systems that don't work for them, um, whether it's government, whether it's race, ra- race-based, it doesn't matter. Like People are tired of systems that don't work for them and do, do not reflect um, them as individuals. And so I think that's why people are protesting, not not only because they are supporting a cause, but because they're tired of systems that don't work for them. And this is on both sides. This isn't just like, you know, one side, like the liberal side or the black side or the white side or the or the, the right, you know, this isn't this is not really about side. It's about people just getting tired of systems that don't work and don't reflect them and don't align with what they know to to not be the case. Right. Right. Well, I think that, um, you know, you said something earlier that was really key is that, you know, because these things are so individual, I mean, you know, every single person is different in some kind of way, you know, Mm -hmm. so my relationship with God doesn't have to look like your relationship with God and neither one of those are quote unquote, right. It's whatever is the right fit. And I think that, there is um, there's a certain responsibility, there's a certain accountability um, in adopting that belief in, in that it doesn't have to look a certain way, you know, because I think when you do that, um, then you're taking the ownership to developing your own system. You know, I think that a lot yeah. of people that feel like, well, I'm not very close to God, but this is what my church says, so this is what I do. And it's kind of their fault if I'm not close to God. Well, actually, it's your fault. You know, it's your, if you don't have the relationship that you want, then it's your individual responsibility. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a big, um, that's a big cornerstone in my work is really doing a lot of like inner work and figuring out what is it that works for you. You don't have to buy the whole storage locker, you know, like, what does that look like for you? And with having the acceptance and the tolerance that what works for you may not work for me and will not work for the next person, it doesn't mean any one of those are wrong. It just means what's right for that one person. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I think because because I've kind of s- subscribed to that mindset, I think I'm more of a Christian today than I was back when I was a Catholic and born, like when I was going to church every Sunday and, you know, having to, to read through scripture. Like, I think I'm more of a Christian today than I was back then. And that's just because when I read, you know, and, and, and it's not just because of Yeshua, Jesus, it's because like when I read the words now, they aren't just words. Like I understand the words and it's almost like something has been unlocked through my own process, my own personal journey of comprehending and grasping these deeper spiritual ideas and philosophies and concepts. And so when I read something, and when we just had this conversation a few days ago about something that, uh, you know, Yeshua said, and I shared it with you and you were like, this is what I understood from it. And I was like, really? I was like, I was like, that's what I originally thought as well. And, And now it's like, I see it in a completely different way that makes so much more sense. And there's so many details and aspects there that we didn't even grasp just by going to church and reading it, just regurgitating, you know, and I think most people read something, but they don't fully understand or grasp the, 
the meaning or the significance of those pieces of information. Right. So I think well, I'm more of that now. Totally. I t- completely get that. And I think that what you're speaking to right now is something that a lot of Christians um, believe about the Bible, that the Bible is a live, it is the living word of God. And the reason why it is the living word of God is because you can read it today. You can read the same scripture today and then read that exact same scripture a week from now. And it means something different to you because mm of experience that's you that you've gone through or mm. you can read it 10 years from now and get in a completely different look into it but i think that that whole idea what you're talking about the reason why number one the reason why you came back to the to a lot of christian principles is that whole thing that i was talking about with universal truth you know mm. there's a reason why that belief system has stood the test of time um, because there are universal truths that make up that that collection of beliefs and then the other thing like you just mentioned about you know you having a completely different outlook on you know this particular scripture i think has a lot to do with what we were talking about earlier in that your experiences inform the lens that you have when you look at the world or when you look at anything like scripture for example so Mm. um you know the way that one person um sort of interprets scripture is going to be completely different from another person's um interpretation because they haven't had the same life experiences and i think ultimately that's what that's what worldview comes down to you know and i think that's why there's so much division and divisiveness is because no person can definitively say what another person's life experience is because they haven't walked that path. Right. You know, and so that's why I believe tolerance is so important. You know, like what may be absolutely true for you that doesn't resonate with me and I can't understand it doesn't mean that I shouldn't accept your, um, your truth and your experience as your truth. Right. You know. So what what's your relationship with God now? Um that's evolving. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's not the same as it used to be certainly. Um you know, I can say that I I don't pray for things anymore. Like I don't I don't ask God for outcomes for things. I don't pray that certain things happen. Um, now it's more of a, you know, I'll ask God to guide me. You know, I, I find that I pray a lot for guidance. Um, and a lot of times I pray for uh, just connection, you know, like there will be times where I feel like I haven't gotten in touch with God in a while because I haven't been asking for anything. Um mm. So, but I feel like I want to be connected. So a lot of times my prayer really just looks like, um, you know, I'm sorry, I don't even know what to say. I just want to be connected. And literally that's what my prayer will be, you know? And um, so I'm still, you know, I'm still evolving. I'm still developing. I'm still trying to figure out what is God's function because for so long, you know, as I mentioned in part one, for so long, I like every single day was a constant, I was just constantly thanking God for this outcome. Like, Mm. you know, 
like, thank you for making this happen. Thank you for, you know, healing my mom or having these test results come out this way. Or I was just constantly thanking him for that kind of stuff. And there really wasn't any other type of prayer for me as far as my prayer life goes. And then, so when all of that fell away, it was like, well, now what do I say to you? You know, Mm. and there was a, there was a point in time where it was, there's really, there's really nothing else for me to say. Um, I'm not going to ask for anything else because if you couldn't do this, that was, that mean, that meant the absolute world to me, then I don't trust you to deal with any, anything else. Like give me anything else that I ask for. Um, so there was a period of time where they would just, I didn't talk to God for, for a while. Um, like a bitter kind of dated period about God. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't bitter. I was just, it was one of those things was like, there's just my understanding of what God was and, and his role in our lives was that he was there. He was going to, to be protecting us and helping us and healing us and curing us. And if it wasn't that, then I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what else it was going to be. You know, if God's not the genie in the bottle that's giving you things, then what is he really? And so I honestly just didn't have anything to say, but over time, like I would say, you know, I would say in the first couple of months of, of changing my prayer life in that way, I started feeling like I really just missed feeling protected. Like I really just missed, like, I don't know how this is going to work but I just know it will because God is going to do it. Like I really missed that. Um, and so like slowly my prayer life started by just saying that, you know, like acknowledging that and, and talking to God about that and saying, I don't know what I want from you. I'm not going to ask you for anything. I just, I miss you. And it was just a weird, weird thing. Like it was just a lot of complex emotions and, I just didn't really understand it. And I'm still trying to kind of get some clarity out of it. But God, like my relationship with God has really turned into um, more of a guidance thing and like seeing God's hand at work in my life by, um, you know, things like synchronicities and, mm-hmm. um, and just, those kinds of things versus I being a transactional relationship. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I ask for this, this happens or doesn't happen. You know, now it's more of a, I just want, I just want to be connected to my creator kind of thing. And I don't know what that looks like. (laughs) I can't tell you what (laughs) being connected to your creator looks like. I just know that, that there's, there's something in me that, that, once whatever that is, you know, I, you know, there's a few resources that I want to kind of give to people because for me, I think this is an ongoing process. This has continued to be an ongoing process. Um, one of the books that I think really inspired me, um, and helped me to grasp that relationship in a much more, um, identifiable way in a human way was, uh, conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh, because in the book, he, Essentially, like he goes through this, like he, like he goes through it. I mean, he's homeless for a few years. He's living out, he's like eating out of 
garbage cans. He has a broken neck. He can't get a job. Um, and so he's going through all this stuff actually in the Houston and Dallas area. So he lived down there for a while and, um, he finally clawed his way back to having a quote unquote standard life or a, a status quo life. And he still wasn't happy. And he's like, why did I go through all of that to come out of that, to be here? And I still aren't happy. I still don't feel fulfilled. I still feel like something's missing. So he woke up in the middle of the night and he just started like blasting God and said, what the hell is this all about? Like, I'm sick of this crap. And then he, you know, it was his own conscious voice in his mind telling him like you know are you sure you want the answer because i don't think you can handle the answer right give it to you and so he has this like long channeled conversation with god which became one of the best sellers of our of the last few decades um and sold millions of copies worldwide it's a really great book and it's less religiousy and it's more spiritual more personal relationship with god and understanding some of those um phenomena like synchronicities and so forth for me like every day i feel god with me and I don't ask God for anything. Like, I don't ask God for anything because the moment that I desire something, it automatically is God desiring it through me. So I am the expression and the extension of God. If I'm afraid or if I feel fear, it is because in that moment I have bought into the reality of what I think is real, the reality of the circumstances that I think is real, and I've disconnected from what is truly the reality of our our, our connectedness with source and our our presence of of being as God in a place or in a in, in a point of perspective that is um, lackless. So there's no lack. But I've disconnected with that. So the fear is there because I've disconnected. Also the fear is there to guide me because our emotions are there to guide us, all of them positive and negative. So when I feel fear, what can I do? First of all, I don't want to feel this. So what can I do to change the situation? If I can't change the situation, what can I do to come to peace with the situation? And so for me, it's not like God changed this for me. It's more like help me to come to a place of peace about this. Help me to line up with the direction that this is going to force me into. So it's more about you change this for me. And it's more about what can I do being the embodiment of you in the physical world? What can I do to line up with the form that you are calling me to become from this experience. So there's that. And there's also the feeling of just like, I don't ever feel alone, even though, and I am a bit of a loner. I spend a lot of time by myself, but I don't ever feel alone because I feel like I'm still connected with source. And every now and then, if I do get into a rut or mental, um, like crappy place, I have to find a way to reconnect with that part of myself because it's not to me, it's not God has left me. To me, it's like I've forgotten God. <laughs> I've forgotten who I am and what I am here. Right, so I have to right. remember myself. I have to like remind myself. So I, I I feel God in every moment of my life. And if I don't, then it's my fault. What did I do to disconnect? Or am I missing? What am I missing here? What am I what am I doing here? So I don't ever ask God for anything anymore because the moment I desire something or I long for something, it is automatically lined up with the source of the universe. And the universe is immediately called to help me to align with it. If that is what is within my best, um, what is within my best and highest good. And so I actually pray more for others and for God, because for me, I want others to have the experience. I want them to receive that benefit, to have that loving bond because they don't sometimes, and they get caught up in their own drama or their own personal issues and they disconnect with the higher, grander version of themselves. And then the interconnectedness with the rest of the universe. Right. Right. Which, you know, I think that, I think that for a lot of people, myself included, um, just asking the question, like, 
who is God? Like what, what does that even feel like? Because you know, like I can tell you that a couple of years ago, hearing you say that exact thing um, about what, like, you know, feeling that God is always, um, like you're always in presence with God, that kind of thing. Like that feels completely different to me today than it did a couple of years ago. So I think that a lot of that has to do with understanding like, well, what are the different ways that, that God manifests in your life? You know, like some people, some people believe that like you only feel God, you only feel the Holy Spirit when you are, um, you know, like in worship music, for example. And Mm -hmm. um, that's a very different thing from meditating. And that's a very different thing from just feeling God on a hike, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, So I do think that there's a lot of, uh, there's there's just a lot of different components and aspects to it that we constantly have to be searching and constantly be educating ourselves about that way. um, Because I'm pretty sure I've experienced God and, 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 but have not called it that. Yeah. If that makes well, I think, sense. yeah, no, it makes perfect sense. And and I think, you know, I always tell people like, if you are experiencing or aligned with the, the embodiment of source within you, you will have reminders and you will have, you will see it all around you. You'll see it in the patterns that show up in your life, the synchronicities. But I think that's going to be another show because it sounds like we need to do another episode on talking about how we see source show up how we see god show up in our lives and what that looks like on an individual level but yes that's thank fascinating you. i'd love it yes love it. so thank you so much for being on today and um for people who want to know how to get in touch with you and to find you um to help them with their mindset work um how can they reach you yeah so i'm on instagram at kindle underscore lejeune that's k-e-n-d-a-l-l underscore l-e-j-e-u-n-e you can find me. Um, I'm really super active on my social media platforms. I've got a website. It's uh, my website is Kindle-Lejeune.com. So uh, I would love to to have these con- kinds of conversations. So connect, awesome. connect, connect, connect. Yes. Well, thank you everyone for listening in, and we will talk to you on our next episode. <laughs>